time, uh, Jack and Melinda, I pastored in, Kim and I did in Pickerington many years ago, and that's where we first met these guys, and they moved this way and, and uh, brought some of their beautiful family down there with them, and so some of my best friends are right down there. Um, but um, so here's the first question is just really quickly, just how has God changed your life? And I'm going to let Pastor Kim ask the next question in a minute, but just what, you know, you can take um, your turn or. The way God has changed my life is uh, the most important is uh, he's made me a better person. Uh, I think he's made me a better son, uh, a, a better husband, a better father, and even a better grandfather. And uh, I hope to, to be a light to the people around me. And uh, whether it's uh, to give a good word, uh, a helping hand, or whatever it takes, I just want to be what God wants me to be. And, uh, Amen. I will say, I've known Jack for a long time, and that man is a servant. He works hard. He comes here all the time, helps out. When my kids were little, we first were in Pickerington, they'd come in. We'd come in the church, you know, because, I mean, we practically, as a pastor, we, like, live there half the time. And they'd come in, and, and Jack has this incredible laugh. And I can't do it justice, <laughs> but he'll be... <laughs> Like when they'll walk in and it, but no, we all have grown to love that. And if you've ever worked with Jack, he's always positive. He's always funny. He's always working. He's always doing something. My kids will walk in and go, Mr. Workman's here. <laughs> but we always love that. That was awesome. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> He's trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, he hands the mic to Melinda. Take it, honey. Take it. Oh, wow. I don't even know where to say, what to say. Um. God's just done mighty miracles in my life. Mm. Amen. And um, starting with the blessing me with three lovely children and mm-hmm. a great husband and lots of friends. Amen. Amen. You guys mean so much to me. And I love each and every one of you. Well, we, we love you guys. No, you guys hang on to it. <laughs> if my mic is on. There's a red light. It's on. Okay, so I'll let you guys do the thing. Um, the question I have is, how has TLC played a part in your lives? Because we get new people all the time, and, and, you know, if they're checking out, it's nice to see, you know, for them to go, I'm not telling you what to say. You're saying whatever the Lord wants you to say. Well, uh, to me, TLC is like a rock. It, it helps me grow and learn, and uh, the saying, live life on purpose, is the truth. Uh, I try to take what pastor gives us and put it into practice. And uh, the one thing that really stands out to me is when he was teaching about uh, talking to your mountain about your God instead of your God about your mountain. And I, it, it's so true. I, I've, I've done it. I've seen it. And, mm. and uh, just the miracles that are happening here, and I can see great things going to be happening Amen. soon. I mean, it, the place is going to break out. But. Awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and let me rephrase it, because I never wanted to be like, oh, TLC, and raise our name up or the church's name. That Jesus, you know, every church, I believe, has a specific calling and a purpose, and that God plants us in certain churches and places. Yes. And when you're planted, I always say this, that you're going to grow. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish in the courts of our God. Um, So it's so important, vitally important, to be planted in a local church. What do you think, so I'll rephrase that question, what is being planted in a church done for you and your family? Oh, it ministers to my heart. Awesome. It ministers. The music team ministers. Music. Oh, it's out. Out of this world. Mallory does such a wonderful Mm -hmm. job, and her, the people that's helping her does such a wonderful job. And then get up here and listen to Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) One minute you're laughing, one minute you're crying, one minute, and you can feel the Holy Spirit move through this place. Praise God. And it's just a blessing to be here. 
blessing to be here. We're blessed that you guys are here. Uh, I, I just enjoy being part of this family and the, the people around me, you can just feel the love from, from people that I work with, people mm -hmm. I come in contact with. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just a family, is what it is. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, these guys have been incredible. They're incredible servants. They're willing, they're helpful in everything. And I've, you know, we've watched God just use you and we don't believe it's over. I know you're in a new season, uh, and uh, they're, they're going to be doing some traveling and just enjoying some free, you know, free time and freedom. And I just, we just celebrate that with it's you. It's nice to be old. <laughs> God's retirement plan is okay. All right. I Amen. love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Would you give Jack and Melinda a big God bless you? Thank you guys so much. Amen. We're going to have another couple next, uh, next month as well, and uh, you guys are just amazing. Oh, my honor, my honor. We, got a, uh, we have a bumper for you for this message series that we're starting, and we'll uh, let you see that. I'll give you these. Amen. We're starting a series today for three weeks. We're going to talk about when the devil knocks. And uh, so, you know, about, I don't know, four years ago or so, I preached this message and the Lord has brought me back to it. And we're getting ready as we're heading into a new season. The church is growing and things are happening. Uh, we're believing God for great things. In October, everybody say October. The, uh, the 9th and the 16th, we're going to, and I'm, we're going to give you stuff it's, uh, to, to help you with this, but we're going to do a, a two-week series called At the Movies. And uh, so it's going to be, I'm going to take a, a movie film, um, and we're going to make it so we're going to have popcorn here, I'm going to have movie candy, and if you're like, oh, I don't, what's that, there's no ticket price, everything will be free, so Relax. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have a great time and enjoy God's word and then find some truth in some things that are happening today and we'll put them in practice. But it's going to be a great time. What I want you to do is invite people and we're going to give you invite cards for you to invite people to come to those services as we are continuing to grow. And we're going to build on that every year um, and just make a big outreach with different things. So God is doing some wonderful things. Just remember in October at the movies, we'll be gearing up. You'll start seeing advertisement for it next week. And we may even have the invite cards next week, but it might be the week after that for those. But we'll get stuff in your hands that you can take and you just be praying about, God, who could I bring to church on that Sunday? And uh, our goal is the week before that, the, the first week of October, is to have the lobby somewhat de decorated a little bit. This is our first shot at it. And as you know, I said last week, I've never done this before. So uh, we're going to just have some, we're just going to try to get some excitement up and people to come. Because here's the thing, we have to go into the highways and the byways, don't we? We have to, we have to compel them to come in. And we, we have the message that everybody needs, Jesus. And so we're going to sing it long and we're going to sing it loud and we're going to make it very clear. Jesus loves you, this I know. And we know the Bible tells us so, okay? So we're going to talk this week about when the devil knocks. And if you're wondering, he's going to tell us a joke. I do not have one for you this morning. Okay, I, I can have one. Just so happens that I can pull one up. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Okay, my daughter sends me these things. Uh, why does the caterpillar sit at the top of the mushroom and not below it? I said, because he's a fun guy. Which I thought that was kind of cute. She says, no, because there's 
so mushroom. Aren't you glad you waited for that? <laughs> well, you know, as we look at when the devil knocks, we find out that absolutes in today's times are really not so popular. I mean, just an absolute truth. You know, people almost, you know, we want that, well, what is tolerate? What is this? Or what's the, is this kind of a gray line? Or, you know, nobody really wants to say, bang, here it is. Here's the definition, absolute truth. It's something that's true at all times and in all places. It's something that is always true no matter what the circumstances. It's a fact that cannot be changed. For example, there are no round squares. There are no square circles. The angles of a triangle add up to 180 degrees. These are all true by definition. So let's just be absolutely clear. God is God and we are not. That is an absolute truth. There is an enemy, his name is Satan, Lucifer, also known or a.k.a. as the devil, and he is real. And as believers, as followers in Jesus, we face a real enemy. And we need to understand that. This is not games anymore. It's not just color in the spaces or church is just a, a club. This is actually about real things going down that are going down now. While we're sitting here, there are battles being fought right now in the spiritual. There are things that are happening, and we need to understand that. It's just not bad days. It's just not bad moods. It's just not bad people. It's just not bad vibes. It's just not bad, bad Leroy Brown. Just seeing if you're awake. It's just not bad consequences, and it's just not karma. Now, it is true, the world will call karma, and God has it as sowing and reaping. There is, there, that, that is real, but what I'm saying, it's just not those things. Not everything that goes wrong is generated by the enemy. We help him out a lot. See, nobody likes to admit that, but sometimes we are just not very smart. Have you ever made stupid decisions? Have you ever just said, I don't understand? I don't understand why this happened. You know, there's things that we just need wisdom on. And I understand the blood. I understand healing. I understand how that works. I get it. But let me just be real. Like this is, I had, we had somebody years ago tell us this. My child had a temperature. It was 102 but praise God, it went away as soon as I gave him the Motrin. That's what Motrin does. There's nothing wrong with giving a Motrin, but I'm saying that, that's what Motrin does. So that's good. But if your child has a fever and has green snot, don't bring him to the nursery. That's just wisdom. Pray for their healing. Believe they're healed. Get it. Yes. Don't know why all those kids came down with the green snot bug. Because somebody just was like, well, you know, I gave them the motor and the fever went away. Don't give the enemy credit. Where sometimes we just, you know, he's going he's to use in all kinds of things. He'll, if you want to give it to him, he'll take it. Faith works on the good. Faith in the bad will work. So what's the deal with the enemy? He's not just another character in the Bible. Some people just think that. He's just a guy with a red suit, pointy ears, and a pitchfork. He sits on one shoulder while an angel sits on the other. Do it. No. <laughs> Is he a snake? Well, in the garden, he talked to Adam and Eve, and we get that. What is he? So let's look at what the Bible says. Who is the devil? Before the foundations of the world... God created archangels. You need to understand that. He created Michael, Gabriel, and guess what? Lucifer, the enemy. He is a fallen angel, so that we, all, we, we have to understand the purpose and the job of an angel. An angel is not an om, omnipotent, um, all-knowing all being can be everywhere at the same time. They can only be at one place at one time. They are not God. Somebody say amen. So as a fallen angel, the enemy cannot be in two places at once. But he was also the worship angel. But angels, archangels have supernatural powers. They were created to do the will of God. He was described as being very beautiful. 
So he'd be very good looking. He was, he was very powerful. But again, he's an angel. He got full of pride, and that's what got him kicked out. He got kicked out of heaven. He was cast out of heaven because he rebelled against God. So I'm going somewhere. So what happens? So in this particular instance, and what we know is one of the first stories in the Bible, it says the serpent tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now, God created the garden. He put man in the garden, and he said, you know, and that's where this whole thing started. So then he brought confusion, not God, but the enemy. He starts tempting Eve, and he asks Eve about what she knew God had said. And his question was this, did God really say? Did God really say? And then he, he said the same thing. It caused. Now, if you think about it, it is just pride. He is getting kicked out of heaven. He's done that. He's cast down to earth, and he's trying to get Eve into the same thing that got him messed up. Did God really say that? So he promised Eve that she could be like God. He's going to make a promise that he can't really keep. But she, you're not going to need God. This is why, what did God say? Because this is why he said that. And he's getting and he's twisting. And we're going to talk about that today. Adam and Eve, they took the bait. They blew it. They got kicked out of Eden, out of perfect fellowship with God. One moment they're walking with God in the cool of the day. Would that be not, I mean, you can do that now. He's inside you. But I mean, just imagine that. In the cool of the day, they're walking. The next minute, they're in the new spring line with leaves all over them. They, they, now they, they've, something has happened, and the whole relationship has changed. So what does the enemy do? He is a liar, and he still has power on the earth today because people give him power. You give him access, he'll take it. You know, the Bible says that when he was the archangel, he was, he was beautiful. How many things in the world today come across as something that looks good, looks exciting, but the price tag is never revealed till it's over? Find out later it was ugly, cheap, or hurtful. And that's what the enemy does. He looks like the good life. He tries to say, you can't have fun as a believer. You can't have fun as a Christian. I've lived on both sides of the fence. I don't know if anybody else has in here, but I wasn't always a pastor. I wasn't always a Christian. And I'm telling you, my life is much better as a believer and a follower of Jesus than it ever was before. There's so much more peace. There's just so much more. Everything is richer. It's fuller. It's better. I, I have what I couldn't get before. He can make something look like you're missing something, but looks like and is like are two very different things. The enemy is always trying to do something like God. He's always trying to impersonate something or be a counterfeit of something God wants to do. You don't need to do that. Here, I can bless you with all of this. And he's lying. We are looking at this morning of him being a deceiver. There's so many things in the world today that promise your life will be fulfilled, and, you, and God is not in that. Because they're pushing other agendas. They're pushing other lifestyles. They're pushing other this and other that. We're indoctrinated on Facebook or online with all of these things. You must tolerate this. This is the way and blah, 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 blah. If it is not in the Bible, you can say what you want. You can call me whatever you want. But if it's not lining up with this, it's not of God. It has to line up with the word of God. Have you ever felt overwhelmed or worthless by maybe your past, big or small, things you've did or done. I know I have, but that's one of the enemy's plans. Guilt, shame. He's known as the accuser of the brethren. He's a liar and an accuser. His pride, his lies, his shame. They come in all kinds of forms. Clicks, whatever. I don't fit in. Maybe you don't like sports, but you like that. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that. I'm talking about moral issues or, or things that God stands on. This is right. This is wrong. This is black. This is white. He created us all different. Everybody look at your thumb. I said this before, but you know, your thumb is unique. You have an a, a imprint on your thumb that is the only one just like it in the world. So whenever the enemy says you are nothing, you are thumb buddy. You, God only made one of you. Thank God there's only one John Robinson. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. He, he knows I love him. 
Now, I want you to understand, I'm not trying to lift the enemy up to show you all the things that he can do. That's not my goal today. My goal is so that we can uncover some stuff and we can know how to fight. We can understand that this is what he does so we are ready when he comes against you. If you're asking me, you're like, Brett, what's, what are the two biggest lies the devil's pulled off with people? Here's the two that I think. He doesn't exist. Anytime somebody gets saved or born again, and I'll, have, I'll give you the opportunity, you're sitting there saying, I would love that to happen, or you're not sure, but maybe by the end of this message, you will be. Cool, no pressure. Well, I'll tell you what happens as soon as you say yes to Jesus, in your mind comes thoughts like, nothing changed, nothing happened, you're still the same. You know why those thoughts come there? Because something changed. Something happened. Because God came in and the enemy's going to lie to you to get you to believe that it didn't. Here's the second lie. You have plenty of time. Time, time, time. Tick tock. You got plenty of time. And he's convinced people if he if he doesn't exist or if they think okay he does exist and i don't know how many times you've heard this i've heard it a lot as i've witnessed to people i'm going to do that church thing when i get older i want to sow my wild oats now i heard that from people in school that i'd run into and oh i'm going to eventually come to church how many have ever felt or heard people say stuff like that they're all about something until they get married and have kids and all of a sudden they mom and dad got smarter because now they have somebody that's looking to them totally dependent. They start watching, like, I don't know if this is good for them to watch. Of course, when you were growing up, if your parents did that, you're like, you don't even understand us. You need to know the enemy is real. You need to know that he's out not just to get your children, but he's out to get you. He's out to derail the whole family. He's not the little guy in the red suit. There's a spiritual battle going on right now. Every single day between the forces of good and evil, God is the God of light. The enemy is the God of darkness. Light reveals darkness. If this room was totally black, totally black, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Has anybody ever been in a pitch black place where you can go like that? You can't see your hand? I know I have, and it's crazy because it could be broad daylight out. You could be in a room with no windows and go, oh. But if this room was totally black, listen to what I'm telling you, and you'll picture it in your mind, and we're in here, and we can't see our hand in front of our face, and the enemy is lying to us, and somehow a little lightning bug gets in here. Everybody in here would be able to see the one little lightning bug in a room filled with darkness. The darkness cannot swallow the light. You need to understand that with God, all things are possible to him who believes. With God, there is a light that cannot be quenched by the enemy if put in force by the believers. God is truth. The devil is a liar, and he is the father of lies. Jesus came to give us life, and more abundantly, and he came, I love this, to destroy the works of the devil. This is what I love about, of the many things I love about Pastor Kim. She hates the devil. Now, and I'm glad, because I don't like him neither. But she hates him to the point, if, I, if we were to talk much about him, you could see that little 4 foot 11 fire start to burn up in there. And she can't hardly talk without using her hands and her body. She'll be like, and he came down, Jesus, and he made a display of the devil. Hate him. Because she's all about God. And she hates the devil. The Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Not in the natural so you're not in a battle with your boss. You might think you are. You're not in a battle with your spouse. Oh, you might think you are. Quit looking. <laughs> kids, don't point. <laughs> you're not in a battle with your kids, your job. You're not in a battle with traffic. Sometimes, don't we think that it's just like, oh. I've been told by other people that I'm a number one driver. They showed me. The lines at Walmart. I was in another store. It wasn't Walmart yesterday. And, and it was busy because, you know, it was a game day for the Buckeyes. And there was people. It was a Saturday. So it was a Saturday. And uh, 
there's just the, the quick checkout lines, and they had one register open. And we all know sometimes you're like, really? And some dude there, he goes, and he said it loud. I told Kim, I said, everybody in the store could hear it. He goes, great, one lane open. And everybody in the store is like, what? I mean, because it was kind of, we all thought it, but it was kind of, you know, me. And I heard one of the workers come by, and she was talking to another manager person, and she said, can we get somebody else on a lane? Because this guy. And now maybe in his mind he's thinking, it worked. But I know in everybody else's mind around there we're thinking, that's a basket of mess I don't want to have to mess with. Because if anything goes wrong, I don't think he'd be quiet about it. He wouldn't be positive for sure. The Bible says it's with power and principalities of the dark side, of the dark world, of the enemy's place. So these three weeks, we're going to look at when the devil knocks, how, he, how to fight him. I want to fight him so that, man, I'm not taking a, a knife to a gunfight, so to speak. We were created in God's image, and that's why the enemy hates you and me. If you're a believer, he doesn't like that because you were made in the image of God. And it's not if the enemy attacks. He's attacking right now. Everyone in here could probably tell the situation, you need God to turn around. Come on, somebody. Because we need God. God is all-powerful. And when Jesus came, he stripped, he stripped the enemy of all his power. And we need to recognize that and then walk in that anointing and be kind of like I'm saying, I love my wife because she, she might be 4'11", but you ain't messing with her. Because she is like, whoo, she's ready to go. But the enemy's going to try to keep you from hearing the truth because you know the Bible says the truth will set you what? will set you free. You want to get something done? Start using the word of God. My Bible says that his word doesn't come back void. That means I can send the word of God out and it will do exactly what it says. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to do. I don't even have to be accountable. That's God's word. He's accountable for it. I just have to believe it. This series is going to help you. He'll keep you from hearing it. C.S. Lewis said there's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by the enemy. This week we're looking at the deceiver. Because he wants to get in your mind. Next week, he's the accuser. Because he's going to attack your heart with accusations. And finally, he's the destroyer. He's going to try to get you prideful. Jesus said, John 8:44, you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always hated truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So anytime the enemy speaks, he's lying. People say, well, how do you know when the devil's lying? If his lips are moving, he's lying. When, I, you know, when I've been in places where God has used me to administer deliverance, it's very rare that I ever ask. You know, Jesus asked, what is your name? Do you remember that story? And he said, I am legion, for we are many. And then he cast them all out. Unless God tells me, if he tells me to do that, I'll ask. If he doesn't, I have done that, thinking, hey, I'll do that. He lied to me. The enemy that was working said he was this, and nothing happened. You know why nothing happened? Because he was lying. And God told me, he said, he's lying. So then I bound the lying spirit. That kind of really made him mad. But sooner or later, we're just like, okay, Lord, tell me what it is. Because how many knows that the Holy Spirit in you is greater? And that person will soon be free. The enemy cannot speak the truth. He always lies. And that's what he did when he got, went to Eve in the garden. He attacked Really, now think about it, not really Eve as much as the authority of God's word. That's what he wants. He wants you to doubt. Disguised as a servant, he attacks her by about lying about the word of God. Now, he could have done different things. You know, I don't know. How many know men and women are different? We are very different. <laughs> When we go shopping, we're very different. I shop like I hunt. I find out what I want, go get it, bag it, go home. <laughs> Kim shops. 
like she's like I guess a shopper would. She's I don't know. I like that. I don't know. She'll carry something around a long time. Go carry something else. Look at it. Compare it later. How many guys understand what I'm talking about? I'm just like, I'll be in the car. Because I just want to, let's just go get it and go. But I do trust whatever she picks out is always good. I don't understand. She'll say, what is your opinion? You can't reach me from here. <laughs> no, she can throw something. She'll say, do you like this? I'll say, I love that. And she'll say, okay. And then she'll change it. And I'm like, why did you ask me? Well, she, she wanted my opinion, and she likes the fact that I like it, but she wasn't sure about it. So, Because women can change their mind. But she has great taste, especially in her husband. <laughs> so we, but, you know, we work well together, and I, and I like that. But, you know, he could have attacked Eve at, just at her personality, things that made her tick or, or, you know, if he watched her enough to say, ooh. I mean, I don't know if she had any insecurities or not, but it seemed like they were pretty much in harmony with each other, Adam and Eve. And so uh, he went after her rational thinking, her, her mindset. Reasoning, mind games. So he goes after God's word, and that's how he starts to deceive. If you're taking notes, here's our first thought. The deceiver gets you to doubt, to question God's word. Now, I only have two points in here, so they're not gonna, it's not going to take very long. Genesis 3, 1, the serpent was shrewdest of all the wild animals. The Lord God made one day, he asked a woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Notice, he didn't deny that God had spoken. He just questioned did he really say that? Is he, is he sure? I mean, are you sure? So he's trying to deceive, and he still does it today. He'll, he'll question whatever God spoke to you. If you say it, and you, you know, you're believing it, and he'll start saying, well, did God, I mean, come on. Just what did he say? So he starts planting seeds of doubt, getting you to, in your natural mind, do you really believe the Bible? Did God really say that to me? My wife has always said this. If she got a word from God, that's all she needed. And that's one of the things I love about her. If God told her something, she's good with it. It doesn't matter what anything else says. If God said it, that settles it. The enemy will tell you things like, are you that naive? Do you think God would just do that? He wants us to believe all kinds of things. The enemy does. He wants us to believe we've evolved from apes. He wants us to believe there's just a big explosion. I think it takes more faith to believe that than it does to believe the Bible. If you want to believe that, we all came from whatever. You got more faith than I think you think you have. How about this? God loves you so much because God is love. He'll let you do whatever you want. You can live any way you want. What makes you happy, what floats your boat, what drives your car, what fuels your fire, bakes your cake, quivers your liver. <laughs> you can do it all. So Eve started to question, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure if God said this or that or whatever. And he did tell us to eat freely. Everybody say freely. So the enemy is going to try to get something twisted. God is freedom. The devil is bondage. You know, the Ten Commandments were put there. People think, you know, when I was growing up, we had rules in my house. Do you have rules in your house? I can ask some of you, and you'll be like, hey, this is how my dad was. This is how my mom was. This is the rules. This is what we did. This is what, and if I didn't do these rules, there were consequences. Were they not? My parents didn't just give allowances away. We earned allowances. Sometimes we did stuff. You know, my mom had rules. Don't climb trees. Didn't always obey that one. But, you know, some of the jobs I did at home, I had to mow the yard, had to get the trash out. Those are some of the rules. This is some of the, how we handed it. You know, this is what I'm saying. The Ten Commandments were there to protect people and give them freedom. And people look at them as they were just, we were just in bondage. You ever tell your child, don't take that fork and put it in the light socket. You won't like the outcome. Or do you go, hey, here's a fork. Put it in the light socket. They'd be like, what kind of a parent are you? Yeah, this is scaring me. Rob's shaking his head. Yep, that's exactly what my... That explains a lot, Rob. I, I, I get it. 
<laughs> my parents, here, go play. <laughs> so, so, you know, sometimes things that we think, we perceive them as like we can't do anything, are really there so that you live a long and fruitful life. You know, my parents taught me how to look both ways when you walk the street. I saw kids that didn't do that. And that's kind of a scary thought. When I was a little kid, I don't know if my mom and dad remember this, I saw a kid get hit by a car, get completely run over by a car. That, it, that image is still in my mind to this day. I don't know if the kid ever made it or not. I just know it was not a good thing to see. They taught me things so that I didn't just run out between cars because it wasn't safe. The Ten Commandments were there to say, look, the world is starting to go nuts. Keep these. You'll be safe. But I grew up with Probably like you did, the ultimate mom answer. When I had questions, mom, why can't I climb trees? Because I, that should be in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Commandment number 11.6. So she, she starts talking with the enemy. Never talk with the enemy because he lies. Genesis 3, 2, this is what Eve left out. Of course, we may eat of the fruit of the tree, she tells him. This is what she says. 2, 16 and 17, listen to what this says. But the Lord God warned him. The Lord God warned him. You may freely eat of the fruit of the tree of every, uh, every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you're sure to die. Well, who's him? Adam. Adam got the warning when this happened. Eve was not even there yet. So she got this relayed by Adam. There's a whole nother message. How we relay directions and how women relay directions. We'll do that at another time. Something got lost in the translation of freely. But anyway, she started questioning the goodness of God and his will for her. When we start questioning is God good or not good, we've already allowed the enemy to start working. He's already started to erode, eroding your mindset for God, to, to start to disobey. If you think that God just arbitrarily, he just picks and chooses, well, I'm going to be good to Kim today, I'll be good to Justin today, uh, Jason, yeah, uh, John, okay, Rob, well, I don't know, he puts uh, forks and light sockets, I'm not going to bless him today. <laughs> if we think that's how God works, we've got this, we've, we've bought some of the, of the lie. God works by covenant, by when we come into the family of God, we are now greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We have now a relationship with Abba Father. And because of that, according to the Bible, we are heirs to the entire estate. We can walk in the blessing of God. The problem is we don't, we don't believe it all. We don't use it. We don't exercise the authority. Here's our second thought. The deceiver twists God's word. He gives partial truths or a twist on this. Genesis 3, 4, and 5. You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. You see, he wanted them to be like what happened to him. He wants, he wants pride. Isn't that how the thing works? Somebody just, you know, I don't want to be the only bad person in the ship. You know what I'm saying? They... they what is that? Um, something loves company. Misery. You know, if you're miserable, you might as well take some people with you. Those aren't friends you need. It's what he wanted. So Eve was already created in the image of God, so the enemy didn't like that. She already reflected God's heart. He didn't like that. But he gives the truth, and then he twists it just a little bit. Just like today. You can't say that. You're a Christian. You can't judge me. The Bible says you can. I can do anything because God is love. And he'll forgive you anyway, and we have plenty of time. And besides, God wants me happy. The enemy attacks the authority of God's word. You need to understand you're under attack. He's coming after your family. He's coming after you, your kids, your grandkids. You're under attack. Now listen, somebody breaks into my house, comes after my family, what do you think I'm going to do? I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to say, oh, Lord, I hope they don't get up to Matt, Maddie's room. Kim, get out there and take care of them.
I was waiting on my cue. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Okay, that was, it was that was supposed to be funnier than that. <laughs> but what I'm going to do, I'm going to go Bruce Lee on them. Well, that was part of my problem. I didn't give you the cue line. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> eh, my fault. <laughs> Okay, what I'm trying to tell you is, if God gave me authority, then I need to, I mean, I might be in my boxers. There's probably a word picture you weren't looking for this morning. But I'm going to get the enemy out of my house. You understand what I'm saying? Whether it's through the door, through the window, or something. He's not staying because I have authority. I am the priest of that home under and through God Almighty. Somebody say amen. Where are the men and the dads in this world to stand up and say, not in my house? The enemy's coming after your finances. He's coming after your health. He's coming after all of these things. It's time for us to stand up. Did we not, did Jesus not go to the cross and cover it all? It is finished. Is it, he's not going to the cross again. So it's time for the moms, the dads, the teenagers, the kids to stand up in the authority of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're 10 and you've accepted God or you're 90 and you've accepted God. You have the same authority, the same Holy Spirit in you. There is not a Holy Spirit Jr. And if we stand up in the authority of God, the enemy backs up. That name above every name is Jesus. Just at the mention of his name, his knees begin to quiver. The enemy can't stand people that know the power of the name of Jesus. Every demon must flee. Somebody say every. Every demon must flee. There's not a demon that can stand up against Jesus. Some of us need to understand, you don't need to tolerate the enemy anymore. You don't need to tolerate him anymore. Quit giving him a stronghold. Quit giving him a foothold. Break it today and be done with it. Know who you are in Christ. Know what you have in Christ. Know the power that's needed that Jesus died for is right at your... I mean, all you got to do is start using it. It's not one you can just win by your fisticuffs. you got to win it by the word. It's a spiritual battle. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the gospel of peace, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need the, the weapons of God, and all of those aren't in the back, they're in the front. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. That is your weapon. When the deceiver comes, use your weapon. Every spiritual battle you fight you got to use the, the word of God. Brett, I'm telling you, I've already let him in close. You know, back in the day, there was the sword, the huge sword. I've, I've got a Narnia sword in my office. It looks like Peter's. It's big, you know, so there, there was the sword to fight the enemy that way. But if, if they got past that and they were close to battle, there was another sword, but it was more like a knife that was for close battles. Some of you might have said, i, I got to use the It doesn't matter which one you got to use, but you got to use it. You got to use it. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is how we fight the spoken word of God. This is how we fight. It is written. Jesus had fasted 40 days. What did the enemy come and do? He, he came and said, turn these stones into bread. You might be saying, why would he do that? He's hungry. He's went 40 days without food. He's going to go after what he thinks he's weak. He needs food. He needs sustenance. He needs energy. He needs carbs. Jesus says it is written. You know, most of us, we miss one meal. We're grouchy. We get hangry. <laughs> you may say, Brett, I don't, I don't even feel the enemy. Maybe you should start doing something for God. I'm not telling you so you'll feel the enemy. But maybe you're no threat. But you're going to wish you were. Because it's right there. You don't have to be afraid to be a threat. Isn't it time we bullied the enemy a little bit? Isn't it time we said, look, it's done. 
you know, there's been times I've, something's happened, I've been sick or something like that. And again, I love my wife. She'll be like, you tell it to go. You tell it to go. There have been times that, have you ever, I've done this where somebody was just small and they were getting picked on by a bully. And I was told, hey, you need to go in and help them or I felt like somebody needs to help them. And I'd go and push the little kid out of the way and I'd point at the bully and say, it's, you leave him alone. Who are you going to get to do that? I'm telling you, he's inside you. All you got to do is just start calling on the name of Jesus. And I don't care what your size or what your age God will come to your rescue. When you do something for God, the devil comes knocking. When you're generous, the devil will tell you you shouldn't have did that. He's going to tell you something all the time. He's going to lie to you. If you come to church, he's going to try to keep you home that day. You realize you are the church. Come on. This is just a building. You are God's people. You are his church. When you're using the gifts to serve, you're making a difference. The enemy doesn't like it. He's going to come and knock. He's going to try to tell you this or that. If you're ever going to fight, it's probably going to be Sunday morning or Saturday night. Why? Because church is the next day. He attacked Jesus. You, I told you about the bread and the stones. Then he tells him to throw himself off a cliff. And Jesus, again, it is written, don't put your Lord God to the test. Then he comes the third time and says, I'm going to give you all this stuff if you worship me. And out comes the sword. Jesus says it's written, get away from me, devil. Worship the Lord your God and him alone. You see, the enemy can't stand the word of God. He doesn't like anything about God. The Bible says that angels came and ministered to Jesus after those three attacks. I wonder what that meal was like. I wonder, you know, I mean, you know, for me, could you get me a pizza? Could you? I mean, I don't know if he'd get him anything he wanted. I mean, you know, I just, this is just my mind. David says in 119, he says, I hid your word in my heart that I might sin against you. So part of what God is saying, keep it inside you. It'll be strong, and what you put in will come out. It makes me who I am today and whose I am. You have to live your life on purpose. You must choose this day whom you will serve. I got nothing really I can add to that. Get your fork out of the light socket, Rob. <laughs> I don't know if you online caught that. <laughs> that was. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Amazing timing. Let me. Let me finish this up before Rob adds more to it. <laughs> you know, the Bible says it's statistics. Most American households have at least three, sometimes five swords in their house. When I'm saying swords, I'm talking Bibles. And we have them. We have them in different places. But can you use them? I mean... If I was coming to your house, would you pull it out and put it out on the coffee table? Well, preacher's coming over. Let's put the word out. There's my word. You see, the enemy looks for that. You've got to have it inside you. You've got to be ready. Because when he comes, and he's, he's going to keep tacking. He's not going to stop because that's his job. That's what he does. Because he's a liar. He's a slime ball. And you have to stand up against that and say, it is written. Okay, what is written? What are you using? What word are you standing on? I would take the word. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Listen, and the word of their testimony. What are you going against? What's your mountain crying out to you? Jack talked about it. Don't tell God about your mountain. Tell your mountain about your God. And get, get that word. Get that sword. And you're saying, oh, I've got this pain. I've got this... Tell the pain where it can go. It's fun to tell stuff where to go. I get it. But I want to do it from a biblical point of view. 
Tell the enemy where he can, he can, I'll tell you what, you can go fly a kite because this is what the word says. And I might be limping, I might be this, I might be that, but I'm telling you, my healing's coming or whatever I'm praying for because I have the word's word on it. I have God's word on it. And I begin to put that and cement it down. If you will believe God, it'll change your life. I told this to Jay when he was leaving today, and I'll, I'll probably say it again because it is so true. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. So if you're sick or you're, you're not a sick person trying to get well, you are a well person fighting off sickness. Think about it. It's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother viewpoint. Because according to the word, by his stripes, I am. It's already done. I am healed. So I'm going to declare the word. Here's my testimony. It is written. Get your hand off my life. Get your hand off my finances. Get your hand off my kids. Get your hand off my house. Get your hand off my job. Because God says, I shall be more than a conqueror. And I start quoting and saying the word of God. You might have to be a cheerleader and cheer yourself on. Go. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Do that whatever it takes. But he's going to come a knocking. And you can tell the deceiver where he can get off. Is that all right to say? Because I just did it anyway. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's believe God in Jesus' name. Father, for all those that are in this house today that are believing God that they're going to take their life back. They're going to get it as the devil has come knocking. They're going to take back what God has given them. They're going to begin to enjoy the fruits of the Spirit of God. If you're in here today with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, and those that are online, you can just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm taking some stuff back. I'm taking the deceiver. He's been lying to me, and I'm tired of it, and I'm taking it back. Yes, hands here. Yes, 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 yes. If you're right at online, just raise your hand where it is. God sees that hand. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, you're inside me. You have all power. I will give myself to you. I will no longer give a foothold to the devil. In the name of Jesus, it is over. He must stop. It is written to God be the glory. I am free. Give somebody a high five and give God a shout in this place. Hallelujah. Well, we want to thank you so much. Let's stand to our feet, worship the Lord in our giving today. And when this message is over, I want you all to go over there and get the fork from Rob. <laughs> It is so good to give into the kingdom. It is so good that because everything I have is his.